So this past week, we hosted kids from around our community here for Vacation Bible School. And over the course of the week, these young people heard about God's ability to go beyond all that we could hope for or imagine. And they heard stories from the Bible of those that went beyond what we would normally expect. And in the course of these stories, we see that the results of going beyond expectations often far exceed what we could have ever possibly have hoped for. As Ephesians 3.20 reminds us, glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. So over the course of this month, we have been talking about these same themes in our worship services. At the beginning of the month in here, Pastor Maria talked about Daniel and the lion den and going beyond in faith. Last week, we took a look at Queen Esther, and we talked about her boldness and the actions that she took to save her people. This week, we have the familiar story that we commonly call the story of the Good Samaritan, and we'll be talking about going beyond with kindness and compassion. This is one of those stories that most Christians know by heart and that even many non-Christians have heard of. We have stories on the news about those who act as good Samaritans in their communities when they do a good deed for someone else. One of the reasons for this is that we simply don't expect that sort of behavior. We have gotten to a point where we simply don't expect people to act with kindness and compassion towards their neighbors. And so when we see it, we celebrate it. And as I thought about this, I was reminded of a BBC miniseries that came out in the 90s uh, called Neverwhere, written by Neil Gaiman. And in this story, Richard Mayhew was a businessman who has been living and working in London for a couple of years. He's originally from Scotland, and so he doesn't know really that many people yet in London. He's fairly successful at his work, but he really only has like two friends. You know, one work colleague and his fiance. So I don't know how he met the fiance since they don't work together, but that's all he seems to have in his life. And as the series opens, Richard is at work when he is reminded that he was supposed to have made arrangements for he and his wife and uh, her boss to go to dinner that evening, which, of course, he'd forgotten all about. And his, her, his fiancé's uh, boss is, is like the head of the museum, and it's really important that they have this dinner together at a very particular restaurant as they talk about an upcoming exhibit. Well, he manages to get reservations, and he rushes out to get ready. And as they're walking down the street toward the restaurant, a young woman stumbles out of the shadows and falls onto the sidewalk in front of them. She's dressed in clothes that we would consider shabby, and she's dirty, and she's covered in blood. People are walking down the sidewalk, and they just step around her without even looking. Richard's own fiancé just steps over the woman and just keeps on walking down the street. But Richard stops, feeling the need to do something, to, to help. And as we pause, I want to pause here for a moment. I wonder which of these sounds more common to us. Those that are walking by without a glance, or the one that stops to help. 
Maybe this helps us think about why those good Samaritans that we have in our communities are celebrated. Anyway, when she realizes that Richard is no longer walking with her, his fiance turns around to ask, what's going on? Like, why aren't you walking beside me anymore? And he points down to the woman lying on the ground there. And his fiance makes some sort of disparaging remark about a homeless person and, you know, she probably deserved it. He says, why don't you just leave some money so that she can take care of herself and let's go, we've got to get to dinner. We can't call and wait for an ambulance, we'll be late, we can't be late, hurry up. But Richard realizes he can't just leave this helpless person lying there on the sidewalk, so he reaches down and he scoops her up, and she manages to communicate to him that really the blood really isn't hers and she's okay and she just needs a safe place to lay for a while to rest. And so he carries her back to his flat and lets her sleep, and the next morning, this young woman, who we learn is named Dor, looks very much refreshed. And she enlists Richard's help to help her escape from some men who are trying to, to find her. And in the process, Richard is introduced to a world that he didn't even know existed, a world inhabited by those on the margins, the ignored, the outcasts, those that don't quite fit into society and the society's rules. And it also turns out to be a world of magic. And in the end, Richard travels with Dor until she completes her quest to discover who had killed her family and why. He protects her from murderers along the way. He survives a quest that had killed countless others before him. And he slays a mythical beast at the heart of London below. He went far beyond simply aiding this person who he discovered laying there on the sidewalk. And his life was changed in the process. In this story, Richard was an outsider. He's a Scotsman living in London. He's a bit eccentric, next to his high-class fiance. He likes to have those little uh, trolls to sit on his desktop. His desktop is covered with them. He's a little eccentric. And he doesn't fit into this London below that he discovers as he follows along on a quest that is not even his. But this doesn't stop him, this doesn't keep him from stopping to help this person in need that he finds along the way. Where others simply stepped around or over this woman lying in the street with shabby clothes covered in blood, where others ignored the obvious pain of someone in need, where, where others couldn't even be bothered to notice this person lying there, Richard noticed and he stopped to help. And he went beyond the typical help of dropping a bit of money or, or even just calling an ambulance to get someone some help. He stopped and he helped this person. He talked to her. He took her somewhere safe where she could recover from her injuries. He made sure that she was safe before he allowed her to go on her way. And in the process, a relationship was formed. A relationship between Richard and Dor. And then the relationships that he formed with the other people that he wound up meeting along the way. People he never would have encountered if he had not stopped to help. Like the Samaritan in the parable that Jesus had told, Richard went beyond what was expected of him. 
He stepped beyond the norm with kindness and compassion for this young woman that he found lying in the street. And like the traveler in the parable, Dor was literally just lying there in need. Her clothes were torn and covered in blood. Perhaps, perhaps other people had become so used to seeing people like this they didn't notice. Maybe they didn't cross the street to walk to the other side, but they did their best to ignore this person in need lying there. Or perhaps, like Richard's fiance, they, they sought to justify walking away because of their own needs that they perceived. Surely the priest and the Levite in Jesus' parable had very good reasons for ignoring the need of the man lying on the road. I mean, maybe they were running late for worship that morning, or maybe they were afraid of touching the man's blood and needing to be ritually clean, cleansed later. Maybe they even assumed the guy was already dead, lying there bloodied on the side of the road. But that didn't stop the Samaritan. The Samaritan saw a person in need and was moved with compassion. He bound up the man's wounds, placed him on his own donkey, and took him to an inn. And then he set the man up with a room and paid the innkeeper to see that the man was well cared for and promised him, if you wind up spending more than this, I'll pay you back the next time I come through. The Samaritan didn't just call an ambulance and go on his way. He didn't just put band-aids on the guy's wounds and say, all right, have a good one. He tended to the man's needs. He took care of him. He made sure that he was safe before he left him. And he promised to keep caring for him until he was well enough to go on his way. Now, I can't say that following this counter, he wound up entering some sort of magical land and completed a sacred quest and slayed a mythical beast. But I like to think that when he came back, he was able to continue that relationship with the man whose life he had saved. I like to think that he continued to care for that traveler and that they were able to form some sort of bond. Because in the end, this is what Jesus is calling us to. To have those relationships with one another. To show that kindness and that compassion. That's what loving relationships are built on. The same kindness, the same compassion that this Samaritan showed to the man in need lying on the side of the road. They're built on a love that does not think of its own gain, but seeks instead to serve others. The Samaritan was an outsider in this story. He was from another country. He wasn't Jewish. And yet he's the one who stops to help the man in need. He didn't stop and ask the man what his nationality was. He didn't stop to ask about his insurance card. He didn't stop to wonder how his service to others was going to affect his own standing in his community. He didn't stop if the man had done something to put himself in that situation. He didn't try and blame the man for the condition he was in. He simply saw someone in need and stopped to help him. Not only that, but he didn't stop and say, well, what's the least bit I can do to help this man and then get on my way? He helped extravagantly. He helped abundantly. 
We have to remember that in these parables, Jesus is trying to show us a glimpse of what it is that that kingdom of God looks like that was being ushered into the world. The love that God has for us is one of extravagance, one of abundance. It's it's kind. It's compassionate. It goes beyond any limits that we might seek to set on ourselves, any limits that we might try to place on God's love. As we think about the compassion shown in these two examples I've shared today, I want us to think about our own lives. When faced with need, do we cross to the other side of the road? Do we step around the outstretched hand? Do we refuse to meet the other's eyes? Or do we look upon others with that same love, the same kindness, the same compassion with which Jesus looks on us? In some ways, it's, it almost makes me sad to think about the ways in which we celebrate the Good Samaritan. It is sad to think that acting with kindness and compassion towards another person is so extraordinary, so outside of the norm, that it is something that we have to celebrate. But this is exactly why Jesus told the story. He needed to jar us enough with this act of kindness that was so unexpected that we would recognize it as a sacred thing. The love that we are called to share with another is simply a reflection of that same love that God has for each and every one of us. What I would truly love to see is a story on the news about good Samaritans from a local church doing good in their community and have the response be, well, of course they would do that. They're Christians. That's just what Christians do. That's the world that Jesus was pointing us to. That is the example of kindness, compassion, and love that Jesus talked about in this parable. The same example that Jesus lived in his own life. The same task to which Jesus continues to call to us today. When our community looks at the work of our church, are they surprised when they see us acting with kindness and compassion and love in our community, in the world around us? In some ways, I hope that the answer is yes. I want the community to look at us, to look at the things that we are doing in our community and the world around us and see kindness and compassion and love. But at the same time, I would really hope that seeing people of God, seeing the church act with kindness and compassion and love would not be a surprise. I hope that we will continue to go beyond in faith, that we will continue to act with boldness, and that we will continue to show loving kindness to the world around us. So let us join together and love our neighbors so extravagantly that everyone will know that we follow Jesus.